0: Welcome everybody to tokens of wisdom. I'm your host Dave Rothschild, a partner at Cole Freeman and Mallon, a boutique law firm based in San Francisco with one of the leading private fund practices on the West coast. Before we dive into the episode, like always, please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the show. Nothing I say here is legal investment or tax advice. Before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to my colleague Ben Busey for suggesting today's topic. And for those of you keeping track at home, that is two consecutive listener curated topics. Hello, Tokens of Wisdom listeners. Well, today we're talking all about high watermarks. I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. This is not some kind of climate change alarmist episode. A high watermark is a typical feature of a hedge fund's performance allocation. It's a mechanism to prevent a hedge fund general partner from taking a performance allocation on profits in one period that just restore losses from a prior period. If you want to know what I mean, by hedge fund and what kinds of fund fall into that bucket, in my mind, go back and listen to episode nine, which talks all about the different varietals of funds. Now, most fund managers get two streams of income from their fund. They get a management fee and they get some kind of performance-based compensation that differs depending on type of fund. To understand how this works, first, you need to understand some extremely basic fund accounting. Don't worry, even a lawyer can do this math. In general, the partners of a fund, so that means the general partner and the limited partners, share in the fund's profits pro rata based on what they contributed. So that means that in a fund with four partners that each contributed $100,000, each partner gets 25% of the profit generated by the fund super easy. Everyone gets their fair share. Well, everyone except the general partner, which gets more than its fair share. It usually takes a higher percentage of the profit than it would get based on its contributions alone. In venture funds, we call this carried interest. In hedge funds, we call it a performance allocation. They mean roughly the same thing. In a venture fund, carried interest is paid when investments are realized, i.e. they're sold for cash. The cash that is realized runs through what's called a waterfall. That's a topic all on its own, and we'll do another episode talking about it. Hedge funds, by contrast, use a totally different water analogy. Instead of water falls, it's a high water mark. There's a joke in here somewhere, and I just can't find it. Something about falls versus high I don't know. I digress. Unlike venture funds, the GP of a hedge fund gets a performance allocation on some regular periodic basis. Usually it's annually, but sometimes funds have more frequent performance allocation dates. And the GP gets that allocation regardless of whether investments in the fund are actually realized. In other words, they base the amount of the allocation on the value of the investments being carried by the fund, whether they're sold or not. So let's take another super simple example. You invest $100,000 in a hedge fund. The hedge fund uses that money to buy $100,000 worth of Bitcoin. At the end of the first year, Bitcoin has rocketed to the moon, and now your $100,000 is worth $200,000. You made a $100,000 profit. Woohoo! But wait, Dave said the GP gets more than its fair share, remember? That's right. If there's a 20% performance allocation, for example, that means that the GP gets 20% of the profits you generated in that year. So of your $100,000 in profit, you get $80,000, the GP gets $20,000. I want to reiterate here that it does not matter if the Bitcoin is sold. Unless you make a withdrawal, this profit is just allocated to your capital account. You don't actually get cash. Same with the GP. Mazel you now understand the most basic mechanics of a performance allocation. Now, Dave, you're thinking, I haven't seen one ounce of water. I might as well be on the moon for all the water I see. Calm down, calm down. We're getting there. The performance allocation is pretty easy to calculate in the first year, but it can get complicated in later years. Let's keep our example running. So year one, Bitcoin doubled in value, huge profit, GP gets a performance allocation. Year two, uh-oh, SBF defrauds the world and tanks crypto values across the board. Bitcoin tumbles just like every other digital asset. Your capital account is now only worth $100,000 again. Should have withdrawn those profits while the getting was good, eh? JK, because you know Bitcoin's actually going to Jupiter one day and this SBF crap is just a blip. HODL, baby. Side note, this is not investment advice. In year three, SBF's a bit in the rear view, Lightning's making progress, there's tons of Bitcoin adoption, and Bitcoin appreciates. At the end of the year, your capital account is worth $150,000. Baller. In year 3, your capital account grew by $50,000. That means the general partner gets 20% of that 50k as a performance allocation, right? Wrong. Assuming the fund you're investing in has a high watermark. Now if the fund you're investing in doesn't have a high watermark, then you are terrible at negotiating fund investments. That 50,000 profit generated in year 3 is really just making up losses from year 2. Overall, your account is below its high watermark. See, told you we'd get there. And as a result, there's no performance allocation due to the GP. The high watermark with respect to any limited partner is the highest value of their capital account on a date when a performance allocation was taken. Once the GP takes a performance allocation, i.e. it takes more than its share of profits for a given period, it doesn't get another performance allocation until it generates more profit from there. And that's what we call a high watermark. Incidentally, that fund that owns only Bitcoin is a horrible investment decision. Buy your own Bitcoin and don't pay the GP a 20% performance not investment advice. Okay, so now you understand the basic high watermark mechanics. But like everything in life, lawyers always find a way to make things more complicated. High watermarks are no different. There are a number of different variables you could throw into a traditional high watermark provision to make them more complex. For example, some funds treat each capital contribution separately. So you have to calculate the high watermark and resulting performance allocation with respect to each capital contribution that a given investor makes instead of combining them together. figuring out those amounts for their capital account as a whole. Some managers try to craft what's called a modified high watermark. A modified high watermark basically says that if the fund loses money in one year, then the GP gets a reduced performance allocation on future profits below the high watermark. And then that reduced performance allocation continues to apply for a certain amount of time or until the fund makes a certain amount of money in excess of the high watermark. Managers might try to argue that a modified high watermark provision like that is necessary to prevent their key employees from running for the exits as soon as the fund has a down year. In case you're unaware, key employees of fund managers are typically compensated in part by a share of the performance compensation that the manager generates from running the fund. The thinking here is that if the fund has a particularly bad year, key employees are going to recognize that it's going to be a couple years at least before they're likely to get paid again and they might run for the exits. In my opinion, these provisions are too cute by half. Other things you need to think through is what happens to the high watermark if a limited partner makes a withdrawal while its account is Below the high water mark. What I think is typical is that the high water mark gets reduced in proportion to the withdrawal. So if your account is $100,000 below the high water mark and you make a withdrawal equal to 10% of your total interest in the fund, then the high water mark is proportionally reduced. I.e., $10,000 comes off. Now the fund only has to get back above $90,000 in order for the general partner to start earning performance allocations again. Why do I think that's fair and typical? It's well, it's because there's less money in the fund to recoup the prior losses. It takes money to make money. as as they say. And so if the money comes out of the fund, it's harder to recoup those prior losses. In my opinion, it's fair for the high water mark to be reduced as a result. Now, luckily for fund managers, accountants, and lawyers in the room, there are all kinds of other mechanics that might go into a performance allocation calculation. And then there are all kinds of separate mechanics that go into calculating venture capital fund waterfalls. So we're going to do a whole series of episodes on performance-based compensation. Well, now that all that boring regulatory analysis is out of the way, it's time for the part you've all been waiting for, the legal disclaimer. In this show, I describe laws and regulations from a 10,000-foot view, and while this should be obvious to most, I need to say it nonetheless. This show is for informational purposes only, and nothing said here constitutes legal, investment, or tax advice. If you're thinking about starting a fund or you're curious about what's involved, this show is a good resource as you explore your options. But if you're going to pull the trigger and launch a fund, please engage an attorney to assist you. Thanks for listening to Tokens of Wisdom with Dave Rothschild. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us.